podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On today's show, Woods fires more shots at Jose, Mike's wanking himself silly over Bruno Fernandes, and I'm suffering from the plague. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of A Pod of Two Halves. This is episode, I want to say, 69. 69 of about 504, because 504 is the is the episode number we stop at, because we'll be old and bored of doing this. Football probably ended by then, because of well, this is basically we'll be VR bored. sucking the life out of it. We'll be bored because of the robot zombie football that we have to play with. No emotion in the game. Liverpool have won 10 titles in a row. Exactly, just horrible. Liverpool are dominant. VAR is just aggravating me every single week. And yeah, we'll just get to that point and we'll hang up our microphones and ride into the sunset. And then we'll start a new pod. That's not now. A new pod. That isn't now. What's that? We'll start a new pod. We'll start a new pod on what? Well, Lee knows, Formula One pod. Uh, that make climate change would have been like 504 episodes time yeah climate would have well have kicked in by then Formula 1 wouldn't have exist anymore what are we going to watch guys who's going to listen to that <laughs> it's a niche it's a niche podcast um, okay. hit us up if you think that we should do it anyway oh. I bet we'd get more listeners on, on a Formula 1 podcast than what we do on this podcast um, well I ain't a part of it I don't care <laughs> this is yet, right? I don't care um yeah, so we're back. Well, obviously, those days are far, far ahead of us. We still have football that we like to cheer about with things that happen in games which are fun, like goals and signings and big tackles and red card incidents and maybe a slice of revenge, Woods. <coughs> a delicious slice of humble pie served to the Portra, Portuguese goblin man. Yeah? <laughs> the Portuguese goblin man. <laughs> on, uh, on Man United forums, they used to call him the, the Portuguese goblin. He was a goblin, referred to as a goblin a lot of the times. Why? Because Manchester United fans are weird. Okay. You see, very weird, very weird club. But Lee, how was your weekend? You're now. I will also point out before we get into that, this ain't gonna be the longest show in the world, and I'm calling it now, so we all have to adhere to it. He says we've got pressure on it because um, uh, Lee, Lee is very sick. You don't have the coronavirus, no? I hope not. Anyone in your office come back from Italy this weekend? Um. I, I sit next to a half Italian girl, but uh, I that's probably it, in Italy. Yeah, any any chance that uh, the Italian in your office is getting the same level of racial discrimination that the Asians have have been suffering with? <laughs> uh, prob- probably not. Oh, no, okay. I don't think we've got any Italians to be honest, but I could be wrong. You just said you have a half Italian. Literally person. just half, said that. No, four, I'm talking like four oh, okay. Italian. You know, okay. Like okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So she doesn't count. From... She's got half coronavirus. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, how was your weekend, though, other than being yeah, sick as a dog? well, it ruined it, mate, to be honest. You know, it killed my Sunday completely. I was just a corpse watching football. I was actually quite disappointed because I thought it was going to be, like, two games, Man United and, and then Everton, and then turns out there was only the Everton game on TV. So just sat there stewing in my own misery. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sounds great, buddy. Saturday was better, though, but obviously I, I was starting to get ill on Saturday, and then Sunday it hit home. Nicely done. And I'm going to get ill because I'm sitting quite close to you. Lovely. Yeah. How was your weekend, Mr Woods? Was it good? Was it bad? Was it indifferent? Talk to me. The world is always a better place when Chelsea beat Tottenham. <laughs> as bad as I felt last Monday at about 10 o'clock, 
flip it and times it by a million. Ah, oh, I love beating Tottenham. Frank Lampard's. Did you know this? Frank Lampard's the first manager to do a domestic double over Jose Mourinho. That's <laughs> that's crazy. There's some weird managerial stuff going on. Like Ollie's got some mad numbers as well over managers where you're like, what? That doesn't even make sense. But yeah, um, excellent. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think what I did. I mean, not a lot. Not a lot happened. Um, the weekend just kind of flies by and back at work and it's like, oh, this is miserable. Is this what happens when you have a kid? Do you just kind of have the kid then like the next basically 15, 18 years? Oh, that's what happens. Just... You know what? Now you remind me of what happened. Um, so as our listeners will be aware, uh, there was a rather big boxing fight um, on Sunday morning at five o'clock. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to watch it. Um, I was st- we stayed around to my uh, mother and father-in-law's and... Um, we agreed uh, with, with Steve, my father-in-law, that I'd, we'd get up and we'd watch it. So set an alarm for four because they were going to walk out at five. Um, however, Alessia decided that wasn't going to be the way things were going to play and she was up from one in the morning. So Kept, you up, kept you up then for the fight then? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so that was hard work. And the best thing is, right, is that I suppose, like... I've stayed up to watch things in the past before, obviously many WrestleManias in the, in the, back in the day, but you get then get the luxury of sleeping and, and relaxing all of the next day. Without a kid. Without a kid, you see. And I feel like well, if that kid's up at one o'clock in the morning and is up for, for quite some time, then you stay up and watch a boxing match. The next day, you don't get to basically put the kid in a corner and have a nice snooze. Well, I was very fortunate that we're over at like I said, my mother and father-in-laws and, uh, and as such that I was able to catch up on my sleep until about 10 o'clock. So fortunately, I uh, didn't, didn't feel like absolute garbage by the time I went to bed on Sunday. So, uh, but yeah, um, it's a good weekend. Good, good. I landed from Madrid today, yeah, this morning. Oh, Thanks you, for mate? asking, you pricks. Did you have a good time away? Yeah. We're so fun. bad at this, Lee. We're so I mean, self-indulgent, aren't we? We just, just want to talk about ourselves. bastards all every fucking week. God, I hate this show. How was Madrid? You good? It was very, very good. It was very, very warm. Muy bueno? It was very, very good. Yes, C, C, C. Yes, thank you very much. Uh, Atletico Madrid, you wouldn't know that it's in Madrid because no, n- there's nothing about Atletico Madrid anywhere that I could see. It was all Real Madrid. I nearly bought you a, a Luka Modric postcard, but the guy wouldn't accept minimum charge on my card. I'd have to buy half his fucking shop. What a prick. I know, it was very annoying. Oh, um, should have gone for Woodsmith, if anything, though, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Battle on door. Right, first segment, let's go. Let's go, yeah. Obviously, Mr Woods, um, as you alluded to earlier, there's a big game at the weekend, Spurs versus Chelsea. And uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Now, I... Now, I Full disclaimer, I know fuck all that's gone on because I weren't around. I have read things. I've seen bits here and there. I caught up on Match of the Day 2 when I got in today. But I did see that, obviously, Oliver Giroud, after coming on against Manchester United and scoring a goal that was offside, sucks to be you, Giroud, uh, turns up here. I've been heard it's been described as a wonder goal. Is that correct? No. I mean, it... There was a, it wasn't a wonder goal because it took a couple of uh, attempts to get, put it back in. Um, it was a decent finish in the end. The most incredible thing about it was the fact that Giroud did Alderweireld for pace. That's, this, that's, that's interesting because uh, Giroud ain't quick. No. Ain't quick. But no, obviously the point of this entire segment here is that obviously, I've said obviously a thousand times, so I'm obviously going to say it some more times. Yeah? Obviously. Do you like that, Lee? Obviously. Um, the game itself, I'll ask you about that very quickly. Mm-hmm. 
just to get your thoughts because I know there's something else that you want to dig into. Mm. You do want to get into it, but obviously, obviously, again, yeah, I'm gonna listen back to this one day. I'm gonna be very annoyed at myself. Um, how can I say another word for obviously? That's very difficult, isn't it? I can see However, you pausing for a moment and speaking. Ah, oh, no, that's my one my, word. My word is essentially. My, my, essentially, I used to say that a lot. That word. Um, Wood says ultimately. If you ever, if you notice. Yeah, I've been oh God. Yeah, we're so bad at this. Yeah, we're not the best, but we're getting better. Ultimately, though, it was it was a it was a good performance by Chelsea, right? Putting putting Spurs to the sword. What, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean. Frank changed it up uh, clearly after a disappointing result on on Monday against Manchester United. He shifted to a three four three. Tottenham decided not to turn up and play any football, which made things a lot easier. But um, the team that he put out, I think, suits a lot of our players at the moment. I think that we've got weaknesses in in, in areas such as left back, uh, such as on the wings, where three four three can hide those deficiencies. And I think it did uh, did really well. And I feel very satisfied with the performance. It, it was a bit touch and go at the end because of um, conceding a late goal, which I mean, Spurs just weren't in it though. Uh, that was frustrating. VAR absolute shambles. Um, I don't know. Mike, if you're aware of what happened with this scene, as you're not really seen, but uh, the also stamped on. Oh, I've seen the stamp. So you've seen the stamp. So when you first saw the stamp, what was your first thoughts? Well, it's, it's clearly a red card. Right. That was what most people thought, apart from. Was it Peter Walton? What? <laughs> what Chris Sutton's best mate. What? Uh, it's annoying because I like Peter Walton. I'm, as well. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Retard. Right, I just, I just, he's meant well, to be a red. Hang on a minute, it surely, surely it couldn't have been Peter Walton if he's doing like BT punditry. And... It was on BT, right? Yeah, they went. To... Oh, oh right, I thought you meant in now, the actual. Yeah. No, they went to worth. Peter Walton, and he was like, "Yeah, no, it's not a red card." Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so on, so he I literally got to see Twitter. all the replays and went, "Not a red card." I, I, I flicked through Twitter on the on when the game was happening, and I did see a fuckload of reaction about Peter Walton, with people going mental about him, and I was like, "What earth has he done?" He said that the, it wasn't a red card. He said it wasn't a red card. He agreed now, with the VAR official. <laughs> and then my lit- favourite thing about the red card, sorry, yeah. is the fact that after the game, is it, Jose Mourinho said he didn't see it, right? Yes. In every single still image you can see of this fucking, of this, of this, this challenge, you can see Jose Mourinho's head literally standing about three yards away. Yes, he's, he's looking right at it. Um, yeah, but that's classic Jose, isn't it? Um, but... It's not Michael Oliver's fault. He doesn't get a look at it. It goes to VAR. The VAR official decides that Lo Celso had nowhere else to put his foot. So as such, it wasn't a dangerous play uh, and therefore no card. Um, And then 20 minutes later, it comes through that there was human error with the VAR decision and that he should have been sent off. This is still while the game is going on. It was completely mental. And at full time, it turns out that they can't even retrospectively hand out a ban to La Celso for the stamp because they got reviewed during the match. The whole thing is insane. Um, I don't blame Michael Oliver, as I said. I blame the way that VAR has been implemented in this country. It's stupid. Michael Oliver was probably about four feet from a monitor while this was all going on, and yet he couldn't go look at it because the Premier League had told him not to. Michael Oliver could have gone and looked at the monitor, made his decision, uh, and ultimately handed out the correct decision. Why why can he look at the monitor? Because I thought we had that recently where someone did go and look at the monitor. I thought that was in the FA Cup. I'm not too sure. So there's different rules for the FA Cup? I don't know. Premier League and FA have different 
definitely happened in the Premier League. Was it in the Premier League? Then I'm I'd... sure. I'm sure it was, and I'm sure it's happened twice now as well. Has it really? Yeah, it has. Yeah. So yeah. What, 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 I, then I, in that case, I don't I know. think. I think they're heavily discouraged from doing it. And Michael Oliver, being the fucking Premier League's little pet, probably didn't want to ruffle any feathers. You know what I mean? That's probably it. But, uh, but if there's ever a time to do it, though, it was for like that challenge because it was it was a shocker. It was a bad one. It was a really bad one. Um, but. That's just another another one of the VAR list, isn't it? It's just um, it's no, just... no, 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 Lee, Lily, right? Go on, right. Sorry, Lee's uh, Lee's doing the old buzzy hand signal for time here. Just means see. let him wrap up and then move on. It doesn't well, mean once you're done now we're moving on. I, to the I next just section. want to look because I haven't even got yeah, into the, you know. into the crux of what I wanted to dive delve into. But the, the, the fact is, Jose Mourinho at Tottenham has effectively written this season off now. It's, it's February. Incredible. It's incredible. I know he's got a couple of injuries. I know they're key players, but he's effectively told his players, down tools, no point. You're all shit. <laughs> None of you are good enough to do anything. Uh, can't wait till June 1st. It's an incredible statement from him. It's a complete change around as well. When he first walked in, he said, I love these players, all the players yes. I've got at my disposal. Essentially, you just love Son and Kane then is what you're saying, because now they're gone. Pretty much. And the thing and is... he's left of Ali. Mm. Let's not forget, Kane was injured... During the January window, they had an opportunity to address their deficiency in that position because it's not like Son's an out-and-out striker and they didn't go and do it. And that's going to definitely cost them top four for what it's worth. I didn't fancy them anyway, uh, as I've already been stating week after week. I still fancy Manchester United to be doing it. Um, but at this point... The problem, the problem is, though, man, is that if we go back to... Look what we were talking about in January. Who was available? Yeah. That isn't going to cost fucking... Um, uh, Cavani fucking fees and wages all they could get mate was maybe a Gallo and he chose the red side of Manchester yeah <laughs> that, that's true. but that's fair but ultimately missing out on Champions League football is worth how much well this is true that's the thing that we made like they addressed it I mean we've all had a laugh saying oh you went for a Gallo but at least you actually went and signed it. whilst it's a body a great sign he's still like, yeah he's, he's, he's half decent that's what they needed in case something like happened to Son which is ultimately what's happened so I, I didn't laugh about didn't... it I thought it was a good pick up I, I'm sincere about that. Oh, wait, I, let, let, let's be clear about it. Lee thought that Mourinho had changed his ways. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a leopard never changes their spots. Mourinho's always going to be judged. I he tried. He shaved his hair off. He did. I'm pretty sure he's getting plugs, right? You know that, like, when Vince had his head shaved and it was like, because he was getting plugs. Pretty sure Jose's getting plugs. That's what's going on here. Um, you know what? I can't wait for the summer there. I can't wait because um, we're going to get there and he's going to go, right, I need 200 million to turn the squad over and Levy's going to go, here's 20 because we don't have Champions League football. And then it's all just going to go mental. The best thing about all of this as well, I, I remembered this today while I was kind of just thinking about, obviously talking about how Jose turned up, different persons, definitely not the different person, same person, dragging them down. They replaced their best manager in a generation with this guy. Um, and it's all going to be on a documentary we're all going to see every bit of it. I'm going to be able to watch Chelsea beat Jose Mourinho twice in a documentary. It's going to be delicious. Yeah, we talked about it a while ago on this on this Tottenham very one. show. Well, yeah, I guess they need to bring in the cast. The, um, my, my favorite thing about Spurs fans at the moment is that I, I've heard a lot of them on Twitter saying, um, "But it was just as bad under Pochettino." Okay. But you don't sack a manager, hire a new manager for more money for it to be just as bad, do you? That's 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 very fair. 
Uh, that's very fair. And I, also, what I will say, uh, I know it wasn't great at the start of the season. Obviously, results were not going Tottenham's way into Pochettino. And there certainly was an issue there, which I think was due to uh, Levy not providing what Pochettino had requested, which is, again, what we'll see in the summer. Um, I do think that he does a better job with the players here, as opposed to basically playing five centre-halves on the pitch. Um, no ability to play out. Asking La Celso and, and Don Bele to basically do things that they can't do. They look so isolated in the middle. But they they were playing with a Burnley formation. Dude. I, f- it was I, I bad. feel for Ndombele and Lacelso at the moment because they're better players than what they're having to deal with right now because tactically it was a nightmare. The, the, the fact that he played... Um, God, who did he play up top? The the, the young Dutch kid and... Um, I can't even tell you who the other guy was up front. Mora, Lucas Mora. Was it Mora? I, completely anonymous. Because what do they expect to do? The ball gets lumped up to them and it's like you've got three large centre-halves just bullying them out of the game. Um, what I will say, Eric Lemayer, every time he comes on, has a bit about him. So there's a positive for you, Tottenham. And, and an elbow about him as well. He does have an elbow, but he's got a bit of, he's got a bit of needle. He'll put it in a shift. I, I think that I'd, I'd play Lemayer more than I would be playing Lucas Moore at this point. Yeah, I, I can't argue that, to be honest with you. Um, Moving swiftly on to our second segment of the day. Look how structured this is, Lee. You're having a little, you're having a little wet dream over there, aren't you? Mm. Look at you. Cool. Loving it. Um, <clears throat> you've done some research, Woods. Now, your brother-in-law came on this show the other week. And uh, let's just say he put us all to shame. He did. With the, with the amount of facts. Now, I, I, spot, I was speaking to a regular listener of the show, Mr. Adam Hunter. How are you doing, buddy? Good to hear from you the other day. And he said that he, were, he rewound... That segment, but in fact, I'm going to read out what he said to me. The Hall of Fame segment. He, he, re, he rewound the Hall of Fame segment. And he said to me, hang on a sec. He said, uh, right. Yeah, mate. I, he goes, I listened to him dismantle King Carlo about three times. It was glorious. I swear as he finishes, you can hear the hope leave Lee. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's I, was, true. I was watching it and I was like, Oh no, all of this good feeling that Lee was having about how things were trending for Everton and it's gone. Just deflated, deflated mate. like an old balloon. Yeah. Well, that was the thing, and I think now, Woods, you've, uh, you know, don't, without wanting to be put in the shade by your brother in law, you've got some, you've got some, uh, some facts, if you will, so some stats. I, I, I pulled some numbers because um, I've been fascinated about Arsenal and Aubameyang because he's on a mad one this year. An absolute mad one. Because every time Arsenal get a result, it's. I swear, I look, and it's like, oh, Aubameyang is the reason. Uh, so I kind of thought, you know, I'm going to look into the numbers a little bit here. Um, so Aubameyang now this season has 17 goals. Um, and I kind of went back through these goals and the matches and the value of the goals. So basically, if it was the match winner, um, I would give him three points. Um, if it was an equaliser, I'd give him one point. And if it was a case that he took the game from a draw to a win, I'd give him two points. So that was kind of what was going on here. Um, and he's basically contributed to 20 out of the 37 points for Arsenal, which is 54% of their point total on the season. Aubameyang is worth more than half the points for the entire squad. 12 be there next year. 12 yeah 12 of his 17 goals that he scored have basically impacted the result. Like these are the numbers that these ain't Florent Maluda numbers. No. Well, yeah. He's not getting that sixth goal, is he? These aren't, these aren't these Cristiano Ronaldo stat padding numbers as well, like hat-tricks and all these sort of nonsense. These are these are important goals that have ultimately kept Arsenal out of the relegation zone. 
Um, and I found it really interesting. I thought, okay, I'm going to have a look through uh, other strikers to see if anyone's in the same ballpark. And there's only one player that kind of comes close to the, the points percentage share. Uh, do you want to take a, take a guess at who that is? Danny Ings? It's not. Think, um, think lower. Rashford. It's not, but think think lower, like lower. Like, it, Barnes. Lower. Low, low, low. Pookie. Exactly, Pookie. Pookie. Um, and that's mainly because Norwich have got 18 points and Pookie has basically <laughs> contributed goals that have uh, equated to nine of those points. So, um, But other than that, you're kind of like looking at your players and, and the strikers, and I wanted to kind of see where people are. And it, it looks like 30 is a good season, like 30% of the goal contribution um, seems, seems to be pretty good. Um, but everyone talks about Aguero, right? That's the other player. Um, so Aguero, Aguero's got how many goals has he got this season? He's got he's got sixteen, sixteen on the season, right? Everyone talks about how good Aguero is. How good is Sergio Aguero? That's why I was like, you know what? I'm going to look at Sergio Aguero's numbers, and he's contributed to just ten of the fifty-seven points for Manchester City this season, which is seventeen percent. Um, and only six of his sixteen goals scored this season have actually impacted the result. But is that his fault? Because he's got better players around him. I'm just saying, people want to talk about how good Sergio Aguero is. I'm just saying, he doesn't. Re- he's not basically the be-all and end-all at that team, the way that Aubameyang clearly is um, at Arsenal. And that kind of comes back a little bit as well to the discussion we are having last week about, or the week before, about player of the, the season. Aubameyang's name should definitely be involved, regardless of the fact that Arsenal are currently sitting uh, where they are mid-table. I think they're going to gradually edge up that table for what it's worth uh, because of his contribution to that team it's it's incredible um some other standouts on here i'm going to go through so rashford you're right rashford's got an insane number for manchester he's contributed to 41 percent of manchester United's points this yeah, season that is mental uh so he's got um yeah 17 17 points he's basically contributed to um the one that really surprised me though was uh gabby Jesus. Because Gabby Jesus is kind of, he's, he's only got 10 goals, but six of those 10 goals are contributed to results. And that's 28% of Manchester City's points. Wow. So Gabby Jesus is having a much more valuable season to, to Manchester City than Sergio Aguero. And, and then you get to the other player that scores the goals for Manchester City, which is Raheem Sterling. And Raheem Sterling has basically contributed to just 9% of Man City's points. Well, whereas I'd imagine if you looked at Raheem Sterling last season... It would be a lot higher. Exactly. So although Sterling's got 11 goals this season, I think it is, only two of those 11 have been kind of at the, the, the point to, to win or tie the, the game. It's, it's, it's a, a down season, you would say, uh, for Raheem, despite the, the heights that he's hitting on 11 goals from, from right wing. Um, I don't know. I was going to try and make a game of this, but I, I've kind of run through most of the interesting ones. <laughs> <laughs> but like uh, I'll go, kind of go through uh, so Tammy uh, Harry Kane and Jimenez they're all around 30% 33% uh, do you want to take a guess at who out of Mane and Salah has contributed more points Mane wrong Salah. it's Salah um, Mo Salah uh, has contributed to 22% of the points uh, but I mean their numbers are wild because it's 18% for Mane 18% for Firmino out of interest Firmino six of his eight <coughs> goals this season have, have ultimately resulted in um, results at an average of 1.75 points per game when he scores all the way from home as well so they? he scores important goals in um, in games that's the one takeaway there but it's just quite interesting um, and really the numbers do all stack up that Aubameyang is is 
as an anomaly at this point. I saw some numbers that were suggesting that he's he's obviously scored six, uh, 17 goals off, I think, an XG of 10.3. That's bonkers. Well, they had... Um, so they had on, uh, I did see on... Uh, there was a clip on Twitter of Monday Night Football last night and Gary Neville had... Um, <clears throat> uh, he had the top goal scorers from the start of last year and you had all these players, Kane and Sterling and Salah and, you know, all the Aguero, and topping the list by a couple of clear goals was Aubameyang. Like, no one's outscored him. Um, and it kind of goes to your point, is that, like, he doesn't really seem to get the praise that he deserves, and he's not really mentioned in the same breath sometimes as a, as a, as a Premier League great. But, you know, as Scott Steiner once said many years ago, the numbers don't lie, Lee Collard. Yeah? And just to clarify as well with uh, what Gary Neville was saying... Was um, he's actually outperforming Henri at the moment? Obviously, Henri played over a lot more games, but he's got a better ratio, a better record than the greatest player that's played for Arsenal. Oh, there you go. It's it's an interesting situation for Arsenal as well because obviously, twelve months left in his deal in the summer. Um, they're in a position where is he? What thirty one? So Aubameyang's got all the cards in his hands here because he can obviously decide not to sign a new contract. Uh, he can hold out for a lot of money on a big contract, sort of talking about 350 grand a week on five years. Um, he could maybe force a move to Barcelona or somewhere like that. Um, I mean, I guess the question well, really as is... We talked about, as we talked about, premium strikers are a hard currency to find. They are. You know what I mean? They, 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 they don't exist on... They don't exist on trees, you know? They don't grow on trees. You know, you look at over the last couple of years, like, you either have... You either have the small kind of pressing forwards, maybe like your Werner or, or someone like that, and then you've got your, I don't know, your, your Lewandowski's, your Canes of the world. Aubameyang is, is a different breed altogether somehow where he just... I always thought Aubameyang was a very different player than the player that he's, he actually is at Arsenal. I did not realise he was so lethal because he scored a lot of goals for Dortmund. But I never really... I, I didn't watch enough of Dortmund to appreciate... Right. I think you were right, though. When I ever watched him for Dortmund in the Champions League, it, it seemed like he needed like at least two or three chances before he took a chance. Whereas, as Woods pointed out with the XG, that's clearly not the case at the moment. Without uh, uh, He's an absolute gunman for them. Um, Do you know who else is on fire? Do you know who else is on fire? Sorry, I'm doing a little segue. This, this is a good segue. I appreciate this one. Go on. Yeah. Who else is Bruno on fire? Bruno fucking Fernandes. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, let's all get on the hyper train. Come on, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here with a smug grin on my face, looking like this. Well, Woods mm. was in the WhatsApp group, obviously, waxing lyrical. I, I still think it's too early, but obviously that's because I think uh, when we called like, how he was going to be at United, I said he was going to be a failure. So, Clinging on, Lee. Clinging on, me. Go down that route. He is, obviously, he is looking really good at the moment, isn't he? But it is very early days, and how big an impact he can have at United in terms of taking him, what, as United fans on Twitter are going, you know, to back to the title or title contender next year, I don't see it at all. He needs players around him where he can maximise his abilities. I think with um, the, it's the, it's the key thing of Fernandez is because he comes, you know, he as we've talked about, he's clearly a leader. You know, apparently he's he was on the bench, uh, not the, the last, not the last game, but the game before that. And he, as the guys warming up, he was getting out of there and telling them what to do. And he was play, he was on the bench that day. And he just literally was going up to people that were playing and starting and just telling them what to do, giving them orders. Like, because he's literally going in and trying to sort this fucking club out. Is that a bit much? I'm not confident, I'm not lad. Actually... confident lad by the sounds of it. That's, that's ballsy. He's a leader. You know, but then doesn't that undermine Solskjaer then or the, the coaching team if he's the one that's actually coaching them from the sidelines? As a, well, as... no, because there's, huh. there's, there's tactical instructions you get from your manager and then there's things you do in a game which your manager 
they're not going to have the same level of, you know what I mean? There's going to be different types of instructions. You, like, for example, if you're playing centre-half next to Vir- Virgil van Dijk, he's going to be the one telling you what to do, not the fucking manager. And I suppose if Bruno Fernandes knows, if he sat there and played with these players, even in training sessions with it, he knows maybe tendencies of what to do, what not to do. When that guy does that, follow him there because I've seen... Do you know what I mean? There'll be things that a player will be able to instruct and things that a manager will be able to instruct. So what, he's, what you're saying, he was walking down the touchline... No, it was oh. just before the game. He wasn't like managing it from the sideline. Oh right, okay. I he thought you were saying that. He, he wasn't trying I was getting to confused. fucking Ronaldo it for Christ's sake. I was like, he said he was warming up, so I thought he was like warming up down the touchline, going, "Oh yeah, you." you see no, this? He, when, when the players were warming up, he was oh. giving them instructions there, okay. like you know, because he's going around, he's being yeah. li- fuck's sake, Lee. <laughs> God, um, I'm ill, mate. Yeah, sure you are. But it's what we, it's what we've been talking about. There's been a lack of dressing room leaders at that club since Ibrahimovic left. Oh, yeah, exactly. And for all accounts, I mean, we, we saw, the, um, we, we saw the, the stat that United have got the second best defence in the league and, uh, in Europe after PSG this season somehow, which is a, a, a mad stat. It's remarkable. It is it's, remarkable. It's, it's a crazy stat. It is remarkable. And from all accounts, I've heard about what Maguire's been doing at Old Trafford and the guy is literally organising everything. Like, he, he, he's, he, like everything there is to organise within a club... Like from fines to fucking uh, ticket allocation, everything. Like, obviously, that's the kind of stuff that captains would do anyway. But he was doing that literally from the start, apparently. He's just been organising everything. And turns out, he can organise a defence. Yeah? Do you like that? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, going back to Fernandez, like, I, as a United fan, I'm very pleased by him. You know, we've got a guy in there that can pass the ball forward. Um, we haven't seemed to have anyone that can pass the ball forward for quite some time. Solskjaer has, you know, obviously gone off the fucking train and called him a mixture of Skulls and Veron, which is completely utter fucking hogwash. But, um, you know, he's, he's very positive. Very, very positive for us. I'm very, very happy. What say you, Mr. Woods? Uh, I mean, I, I, I said in the group, uh, he's the signing of the season. And I've only, I've only had to, well, to be fair, there's not many others to pick from. As I, I, I did have a look through this morning. It seems that... <laughs> A lot of the business that was done this summer, uh, other than Martinelli and, and some of the guys that have obviously been converted from loans to permanent signings, such as Ings and, and Kovacic, it's been quite a disappointing season with those signings. But he's had such a positive influence. It's, it's, it's more than just his, his obviously on-field passing. You can, you can see he wants to get the team further upfield. Uh, but it's, it's that leadership. And um, I felt that United have lacked that in their midfield, that character. Um, and he's bringing that back. And the, the other thing is as well, is there's an aura of positivity back at the club, and that really helps. I think Arsenal benefited from that after getting rid of Emre and bringing Arteta in. I think United have benefited with uh, just Bruno Fernandes turning up, and there's kind of like a positivity that's that energy's coming into the team, and you can see the the team are are performing much better with that. Uh, there was three big positive points from the game. The first one is Fernandez getting his first goal, and I think he laid on a, an assist or two as well. Um, I don't know if the Marshall one will get counted because he obviously had a shot. Um, but yeah, in any event, it was definitely one assist, one goal. Um, the other thing was Greenwood scoring another goal. You know, he's, he's uh, essentially Europe's highest, uh, well, one of Europe's highest-rated teenagers right now. He, look, he looks like he's on fire. Could you, the ceiling—he's got a very high ceiling. That boy, I think we can all agree. Absolutely. And, Definitely. The third one is that Solskjaer basically admitted that he dropped Pereira and Lingard because they're not good enough. Joy. 
I mean, at least now he's got a player. He's got players coming back. This is the key thing. He's been. He's had to play Pereira because you've had no other players. Uh, as we just touched on, and the goal scorers, Rashford is so important to what Manchester United do this season. And um, his absence could have been killer, but it seems that they've been able to find a way of picking up results in his absence. Uh, Martial started to find his scoring touch again I think that Martial's goal ratio this season is uh, there's another I should should have dug this out I'm sorry that I didn't um, if you look at chance at shots to goals ratio Martial's is absolutely fucking ridiculous in terms of the chances he's actually had versus versus goals compare that to a lot of the other strikers in the league and he's away with it basically if, he, if he's getting decent service all season he'd probably have a few more goals to his name it's an interesting one because you kind of look back to the summer and you wonder what the hell United were doing and not getting this Bruno Fernandes deal done then. Turns out though, I will say the Portuguese league, what a league. Who knew? <laughs> Who knew? Um, but obviously Fernandes has come in, hit the ground running. Very, very good signing. A player, obviously being in Madrid this weekend, I got to watch a little bit of Spanish television and I got to watch a little bit of Spanish sport television. So I was looking at the, uh, the, 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 like the, I couldn't understand the word, obviously, but it was basically their version of uh, BT score or soccer Saturday or something like that. And um, one player making a lot of headlines is Eden Hazard. Positive guy, headlines? No, no, bad headlines. The guy, I, you forget he plays out there. You forget he's actually a footballer. You forget that Real Madrid basically spent 130 million on him. I think that's the fee, Yes. 130 million on a guy that's played 10, 11 games a season? Yeah. If that, one goal, one assist? One goal, yeah. It's not panning out how they would have planned. And I guess kind of the real irony is is that Eden had only 12 months left on his deal. Um, and instead of waiting a year to sign him on a free, they gave up all of that cash to Chelsea to have him this season. And effectively, they haven't. Um, it's, it's, his dream move has turned out to be a nightmare um, and it's obviously really unfortunate that it's injuries and it seems that the crazy thing is as well is that at Chelsea for seven years he, he never really was absent through injury that often I think he's actually had missed more games in this season for Real Madrid than he had in his Chelsea career I mean that's not entirely fair because he went absent every other season right? <laughs> <laughs> Very good, very good. Hey. Um, but it's, it's it's a really interesting situation there because Madrid aren't the most patient. I feel that he's probably got grace because it's injuries as opposed to anything else. But um, in a summer where Jaden Sancho is going to be the hot property and the club's clamouring for him, you do kind of look at the situation with Eden and wonder if Real Madrid will get themselves involved in that and they're where that would well, leave I, Eden as a result. I can't think they would. They've got... Oh, Vinicius, I, can't remember what I, I think they're Vin- moving him, and on. they've got and they've got Rodrigo. Rodrigo's the one that I think they're quite confident in, but I believe Vinicius is going to be moved on this summer. It's just a really Madness. interesting situation there, um, and it sucks for for Eden. Um, I I do think back, and I know that he can't predict injuries, but I knew it wouldn't work for him there. Um, Madrid fans are unforgiving. They booed Cristiano Ronaldo for Christ's sake, um, who whose numbers are absolutely biblical at that football club um, they don't deserve nice things Real Madrid but they seem to always get nice things good good summary um, well this is and this was the kind of the, the point of the segment right it was to see has there been any other dream transfers that looked on paper perfection that ended up as a nightmare 
Mr. Collard, do you have any? Well, I have a few, and then Woods has actually just triggered my mind because uh, obviously talking about Hazard going to Real Madrid. Barcelona had one recently, didn't they, with Coutinho? And I, I didn't even think about him earlier. He's not even playing at the club at the moment, isn't he? They spent a shitload on him as well. Basically, Real Madrid and Barcelona have been done over by, by the Premier League and basically the amount of money that is the obscene amount of money that I've had to pay to get these two players in. But I, uh, I went a little bit old school um, in terms of yeah, the players that I've picked out for dream moves that failed, so to speak. Um, unfortunately for Woods, you probably think I'm warming him, but I'll, I will be going to Chelsea a couple of times for, for my guys. Um, so we all kind of think we know we're going to go, don't we? I assume you're going to go for... Fernando Torres. Fernando Torres is one. And do you know what the other one is? Sheva. Shevchenko. Sheva, yeah. Um, with Shevchenko, he uh, he was £30 million, which was a lot of money back in... When was it, Woods? Was it 2006? 2006. Not even a drink water. <laughs> um, but yeah, he... he um, well, before he went to Chelsea, he was 127 goals in 208 games for Milan. Um, and then at Chelsea, he was 9 in 48 uh, which is obviously not good. Um, I, if I remember rightly at the time, was and I think you'll probably agree or tell me this is correct, it, Mourinho never wanted him. It's right. basically Abramovich's signing, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, so Ra- Roman, in fact, both these signings are Roman signings. Uh, that's the kind of irony with it. Um, I remember at the time that when we got him, um, I was I, I, I was a big fan of Shevchenko anyway, so I was pretty excited about it. And I remember we signed just before the World Cup, and I remember, because we were at university at this time, um, we had that, that terrible TV in my room. Remember the... Oh, God. The, the, the monster. The monster TV, which was only like 21 inches. But back then, kids, uh, we, we didn't have flat screen TVs at university because um, they were expensive. How the fuck you got that to university in the first place? It's like the size of our fucking coffee table. It, it was crazy. Uh, but um, I remember watching it for Ukraine and going, his legs are gone. Like, he he can't move. He looked like he was running through treacle all the time. And it's like, oh, my God, this guy's come to play in the Premier League. Um, and, yeah, it just didn't work out for him. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, that was the start of the end for Jose Abramovich. Uh, and, and, and I think, interestingly as well, I think Shevchenko was involved in the big fallout, which I think was Rosenberg. I want to say Rosenberg in the Champions League, where he had a disappointing result. And Abramovich came into the dressing room and Sheva actually uh, translated for him, I think, in that instance. Um, and that's where, because he burst in and Jose was still manager at the time, and that's where the relationship was dead. Dead. Any more? Uh, yeah, so obviously we hit upon uh, Fernando Torres. Was obviously remembered for a great for a great moment in terms of uh, the was it the semi-finals, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, where he scored the orgasm uh, for the goal. Champions League. Yeah, Gary Neville having an orgasm. Um, but yeah, his stats. So again, he he pushed for this move as well away from Liverpool. So this was his dream move. Um, yeah, so he had uh, at Liverpool. He was so for fifty million pound. By the way, it's a fucking lot of money. Even today, it's still quite. A, that's a Bruno Fernandes essentially. It's a Fred, mate. Yeah, <laughs> or a Fred. Um, but yeah, so for Liverpool, he was sixty-five and one hundred and two. And you could almost argue, uh, kind of the same way with Sheva. Like I think injuries have caught up with him and te- robbed him of his pace, yeah. which was kind of what he was known for when he was at Liverpool and Atletico Madrid beforehand as well. Um, so yeah, he ended up with twenty and one hundred and ten, uh, stretched out over three and a half years. Um, and to be honest. Um, with Shashenko, I, I you know I don't really recall enjoying watching him suffer or anything like that. But um, with Fernando Torres, it, it was hard to watch at times because you, you just knew the player was there. It's, but it's the open goal against United. Yeah, and the, oh well, the yeah, that's the one. Um, 
Yeah, but he just he, he just never failed to click um, in whatever side. I think as well, if I remember rightly, when he came in, you were going for a lot of managers. Carlo was in charge. Changing. King Carlo. King Carlo was in. Couldn't get the best out of him. No. So Carlo had Anelka and Drogba at the time, and they worked really well. And then they went and bought him. Um, I'm pretty sure this is right. <laughs> they bought him Torres, and he didn't really want Torres. Um, Emanalo said to to Roman, he won't fit in the team because the style of football we play doesn't suit Fernando Torres. He's on the shoulder. Uh, we play possession-based football. Because you've got to remember that basically he played in a pub team at Liverpool at the time, uh, which is basically Gerrard just raking 50-yard passes over the top. That was basically their entire game plan. And he came into Chelsea where you had to have a bit of nuance about your play in the final third. And he just didn't have that about him. Um, it sucked because, like I say, it always looked like you could see mentally he's trying and it just wasn't paying off. And then kind of like he'd get a, a bit of rhythm about him and then something shit would happen. He'd get sent off and then it would just kind of completely derail his season from there. Um, like you said, he, I think he scored that day at Old Trafford. And then he kind of had that moment where he'd rounded De Gea and it was because it was Martin Tyler, wasn't it? He basically obviously loves him some Manchester United. He, he was, he's got kind of a great sound bite for that one. Um, the, the, the mad thing about that story that you just said is that Chelsea had... A forward line on the forwards on their books of Drogba and Anelka, and they still spent 50 million on Torres. And you've got play people like Jose Mourinho with just Harry Kane. You know what I mean? Like, this, that's what Chelsea der- do then. Where, where are the Nicholas Anelkas of the world these days? That was Chelsea though back in the day though, wasn't it? They they were the, the the kings of the Premier League in terms of money and spending it and so they could literally go and go, right, Liverpool's best player will spend fifty million, doesn't matter. Yeah, but the day what I'm saying is As the you day, said, the it was a Roman say, uh, uh, signing, you know, the not days a of having multiple strikers, where where is that these days, you know? I don't understand where it's gone. I suppose the closest is Arsenal with Lacazette and Aubameyang Formations have changed, haven't they? You pretty much play one up top now with wingers. What was Chelsea? Didn't Chelsea at the time we played uh, a diamond? And I'm trying to remember. Diamond. Yes, because it was it was Carlo. Um, So is that what Everton play now? We play four four two. Four four. Fuck. Anyway, Um, anyone else? I'll let Woods come in. No, you nicked my two. (laughs) You nicked my two, and then Coutinho as well. To be fair, I, um, I did also have a little look into like maybe uh, potential other ones. We mentioned Nicholas and Nelka, mate. Can you remember when he went to um, Real Madrid for like £22 million? Yeah, Marshall? big money. Uh, two, two goals in 21 games, I think he got. And he had a 45-day suspension because he refused to train. Pretty sure he scored in a European Cup semi-final like Torres did as well, which kind of <laughs> bailed him out a bit. Um, I, I was trying to rack my mind about these sort of moves. Um, the only one I have in terms of like... One of the criteria was dream move for the player. You know, there's no worse transfer than Jonathan Wood to Real Madrid. Yeah, it's, it's mental, that one. Um, <laughs> that's any player, like any, any player of Woodgate's calibre. That's a, it's a ridiculous move. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Julian Falbert go to Madrid, you know, and the <laughs> likes of that shit, but they, Graveson. Did Graveson, yeah. He did Graveson, did it right, man. Well, it yeah. did try to break Rubinho's level um, training, I think. Oh, yeah, I suppose so. Um... Yeah, I can't. I mean, is there any more? Can you think of any more? See, that's what I mean. Like, when you say dream move, you know, who's it a dream for? Like, speaking of, you know, you, you went to Madrid and your girlfriend's obviously from a rail... Uh, well, she's not from Real Betis, because obviously that's not a place. Seville, um, where Real, uh, Real Betis play. Uh, they obviously signed uh, Denilson once, which was going to be 
the greatest player of all time. And mate, looking at his stats, oh my God, that move did not work World out at all. World record fee, £21 million. <laughs> Signed him because they saw him do some lollipops on the TV. <laughs> exactly, yeah. What kind he, of scouting um, is that? <laughs> Yeah, he got two and thirty-five for in his first season. Oh. They got relegated in the second season. <laughs> you got the world's most expensive player, and you've been relegated in the second season. That's, that's not a gone dream. Well, is it? That's a move that's fucking failed. I know that. It's not gone well. No, I'm sure that that we're missing a whole list. Uh, the problem was I spent all all my time crunching numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only one, the only one I would say, just two more. Um, they just consist of Liverpool type things. Andy Carroll. Uh, Andy Carroll, <laughs> Joe Cole, fucking Ben Teke. They went through that wonderful... Andy Carroll was probably... Who was the, the Southampton geezer? Worst. Um, God, Dan, the striker. No, the striker. Uh, oh, um, uh, um, um, L, L, L. Lambert, L. Ricky Lambert. Lambert. Ricky Lambert. Oh, Ricky Lambert. <laughs> Ricky? Liverpool went through that wonderful period of signing people like that. and they Didn't they sign... Um, who is that fullback? Kincheski. Kincheski as well. Oh, that was a great period. These are all dream moves for these players, but unfortunately, yeah, they're going to exactly. struggle. Um, from there, it's time for a favourite segment of ours. Uh, we've only done it once, but we're going to bring it back today. The, the, the Shit House Hall of Fame is back, and we have two nominations up for grabs. Now, to remind you fine people at home of the rules, Woods will say a player... Or a, or a moment, or a team, or, a, or an incident. And he, it's up to him to persuade myself and Lee to also vote for that player, team, incident, whatever, into the Hall of Fame. We all must be agreed on this. Today we have Woods and Lee both presenting their cases. Who should we start with? You can go to me if you want. Go to Lee. Let's go to Lee. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Joseph Barton, otherwise known as Joey Barton. Um, Shithousery or, or just pure cunt? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Um, I, don't, I don't know if they're like two excuse, uh, like you know, exclusively different things, uh, or if we can kind of merge them into one. Because ultimately, that's what he was, though. Um, this is a guy that uh, obviously got sent off many a time. Probably one Man City the title actually when Aguero had his moment um, with the you know with the Aguero goal. He obviously got sent off during that game, but. Um, this is a guy that's also stubbed out a cigar on a, on a, on a youth team player. Uh, a guy that was uh, assaulted one of his own teammates in training, and in, in, I think it was at Dabo. Dabo, yes. Yeah, Dabo. Um, and yeah, and also he got done for, for betting towards the end of his career. Uh, you know, he went on question time. You know, because he he was a changed man. You know, he started on Twitter like you know with his um, philosophical like sayings and 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 just trying to come across as the nice man that he is now. I don't uh, want to get done for libel, but didn't he like a bit of the Charlie as well? Oh, I don't I don't know. This he, he flashes his ass off. Bit the old bugle. No, I don't I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe, maybe in his. Younger days. I don't Apologies, know. Joey Barton, if that's not true. He also uh, flashed his uh, arse off at uh, the Everton fans as well, which is why I fucking hate the guy as well. Um, and yeah, he, as I said, he went on question time and he was actually doing all right. And I watched this episode and he was doing all right. He was not coming across as, you know, how maybe you expect him to be. He was coming across as this philosophical guy. And then he let himself down by making some sexist remarks. Um, so yeah, just in, in, in general, he's just, he's just an all round knobhead. Um, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you my opinion on this vote straight away. All right, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, I'm no, not it. no. You said it at the start. 
shithousery or utter cunt, right? There is a very big difference, okay? <laughs> the there thing is, is with shithousery, Mikey, and I know you and I are in the same camp on this. We love it. I love it. This is, there is uh, nothing went, to love about Joey Barton. I went on an impassioned, <laughs> an impassioned speech when we started this show fucking yesteryear about how much I love shithousery and it's the shit we live for, these hilarious, the hilarious things in football. And Joey Barton is, as you said, there's nothing to love about him. He's, he's, he's a cretin, is what he is. A complete and utter cretin. He was a stain on the game. The fact that he got an England cap is, is beyond me. And, yeah, no, no I'm sorry. No, right, no yeah, fair enough. No, is the answer. <laughs> Do you agree, Woods? Uh, yeah, I, I'm not having him in our <laughs> cherished shithouse hall of fame mate good who is your sorry lee who is your who is your your vote for me it's it's not a player it's not a manager it's actually an event and not a massive event but um one one that uh, it was kind of out with Bayern Munich playing Chelsea tonight it's uh Johan Cruyff's uh farewell uh to Ajax um I'll kind of quickly sum up the story um so Testimonials happen, right? And it's meant to be quite light-hearted, high-scoring, both teams. But basically, it's all about the player. Make sure that the player kind of stands out, has his moments. Um, and obviously, especially a player like Johan Cruyff, who's offered so much for football, especially at, at Ajax. Um, Bayern Munich, however, uh, didn't read the script, uh, turned up and beat Ajax 8-0. Um, they ran riot just basically ruining Johan Cruyff's big farewell. Um, and apparently the reason why is because several Bayern players felt disrespected because they didn't get picked up from the airport. So as, as a result, they basically decided to turn up and take the damn game serious and just run the score up. I mean, it's amazing. I, I, I personally love this story. I think it kind of adds to kind of like the, the Cruyff story that, 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 that a team like Bayern Munich would basically uh, take it upon themselves to try and ruin a player's day uh, like this. 8-0 um, in a testimonial just because you feel slighted. I think it's the finest story in football history. Um, I remember reading about this a long time ago and it's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. For me, it's a, it's a hard yes. Yeah, it's a yes for me. That's such a good story. It's such a good story. It's just the idea, and it would have to, if, if if I said to you to, uh, name a team that would do this, it would we'd all say unanimously Bayern Munich would be the team. Absolutely, Ab- absolutely. Of course, it's Bayern Munich. So, so are we saying now, like, so the um, in in the, so we had different wings for the for the for the shit we Hall of Fame, right? Joe is the Jose Mourinho is 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 like the the, the manager's wing, yeah, yeah, and the players was the Ramos, right? That's correct. Is that correct? And would you say now for the, for any event or team thing, we have the inaugural Bayern Munich shithousery <laughs> event category now? Is that what we now have? I, I think so. I guess it kind of like you could obviously have, there's plenty of moments that have happened in football history that don't necessarily fall into either manager or player category, but the overall event as a whole. I think, I think this works. I think this works. Oh. Can we, just, can we have just one for cunt then? <laughs> well, just the, the horrible bastards. That, horrible that, that can be the bin. It's right? basically, it's basically <laughs> that's where he belongs. To be fair, yeah. Barton and Thatcher. <laughs> Barton, <laughs> Catamol. <laughs> just, oh, God Almighty. Um, 
a very successful session of Shithousery Hall of Fame. We've got an inductee. I like it, I like it. Congratulations, Bayern Munich, for your Shithousery of, of Johan Cruyff's special day, where because you weren't picked up at the airport, you decided to run the score up and beat them 8-0. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Um, on to predictions. We're making great time. We, we have, are. We're on track here. We we're are, well on We're track. well on track. Because obviously, as it's Tuesday, Woods is playing probably Chelsea's last game in the Champions League for several years tonight. A home game, <laughs> at least. Is it? True. Huh? True. Yep, sorry. Um, so, we've got some games. Friday the 28th of February. Friday night football. Everyone's favourite. We love beer, enemy. Do you like Friday night football, Lee? I'll be missing it, so... You'll be missing it on your birthday. Lee, how old are you going to be? Yeah, 34, 34. Oh, Oh, how, does, how does that feel, Woods? Uh, my knees are all right. But your trainers aren't, are they? No, no, R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> I miss that what? Did you miss this? I, I, he doesn't follow our Twitter account, does he? Uh, no. I got a puncture in my trainers, mate. Yeah, trainers. My trainers, yes. My Air Max Seven Twenties. I walked into work on Monday, and I was like, my right foot feels awfully flat. <laughs> And that's because the air pocket had been basically burst in some way. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know there could be a thing. Really, you know, I your didn't. trainers get a puncture. I yeah. didn't know. Can, you, can you can you fix it? Um, potentially. I just got to find where the hole is. Puncture a peg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Right. Norwich Leicester. Friday night football. Give me your predicts. Uh, I'd have to say Leicester. Norwich have long gone. Um, I think Leicester as well. Yeah. Do you want some Vardy numbers while we're on this? Because uh, he's got 17 goals this season. Same number as Aubameyang. Um, he hasn't scored in a while though, has he? he hasn't scored in a while. Not uh, in my fans team as well. Seven of his 17 goals have contributed to, to points, um, of which it's only uh, 11 points total that oh, is shit isn't he <laughs> so again Jamie Vardy seems like a, a player that basically racks goals um, when the going is good uh, t- 22% but, but can, I, can I say so if you scored the first goal and then your team then scores two goals after and you win 3-0 yep What's he? Is he contribute? Does he get any points for that? No. bonus points. No. Exactly. That's bonus bonus but he set the tri- he set the no he scores the, who, who scores the first one is the one that gets the points that's what I'm saying. So oh, if he sorry. The I first thought you were goal, saying if he gets the third one, he ain't getting nothing. No, no, he scores one. the first one. So no, we're, the we're, first one. The first one, you get the points. Second, third, no. Nah. <laughs> but then it would be the if it is an equalising goal. Yes, to get a draw, I, get, yes. I get that. Yeah, so I get all the rest of and it. And if but... it's the two-one, okay. then yes, look, it's an imperfect get... science, Lee, that I put together to just basically highlight how good a Barmyang is. <laughs> This is, feels like something that some would do, though. You know, when they want to highlight, you know, something. Don't, you know, don't compare me to the. <laughs> Oh, you mean the paper that lost lots and lots and lots of money? 68 million. <laughs> oh. Rubbing my hands. Can't wait today, Fold. That's a shame. On Saturday, 29th of February, 2020, half past 12, kick-off early lunchtime game, Mr. Collard. Are you going to be here? Nope. Nope, no, you're not going to be here to see Brighton hosting Crystal Palace. Thank a God for that. That's a derby, mate. Of a game. Massive derby game. Oh, here we go, that debate again. Is it the M23 derby? I don't know. And then we then we Google it and we're like, yeah, it's the M23. I don't care whatsoever, by the way. Um, Brighton Palace. Brighton. Yeah, Brighton. Palace me. Of course you are, because we're Brighton fans and you're (laughs) anti-Brighton. For some reason I am. am. No, you know what? I'm not. I I, want to draw, actually. I'm going to change my 
prediction to a draw because I think it will be a draw. That's why I'm going to go for a draw. If anyone hasn't watched it, they should watch the uh, Benteke miss. Oh. Where he decides to head it completely the wrong way and then Gary Cahill decides to kind of lambast him for it behind his back by saying the goal was there. The goal was there, you idiot. Um, at three o'clock, we have a huge game. Bournemouth hosting the Mighty Blues. Chelsea Football Club. Chelsea's With Giroud away. leading the line. Chelsea's away form is better than their home form, so I'll take Chelsea. I'll take Chelsea I'll take well. Chelsea too. Shout out, though, to Paul Bournemouth for their VAR this weekend. Mugged. Oh, mugged me. <laughs> That's the scenario we said, though, didn't we? If oh, it ever yeah. happened... You know, in terms of you know, what you know, score a goal and then only have it chalked off and then a penalty against you. I hate VAR so much. <laughs> to, coin a, it. to coin a phrase that Pep used, uh, twice Liverpool <laughs> should have been called for that twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, three o'clock kickoff also on Saturday, the twenty ninth February, the year twenty twenty. We have Newcastle United hosting Burnley. God, a game Newcastle. for the purists, I would imagine. Burnley should be winning, mate. They're, they're the team in form and Newcastle are just Newcastle at the moment. They just don't look like scoring. Is that maximum? Is he, is he around? He's around and literally he's their only outlet. Him and Almiron. Give the ball to them and hope something happens. I, I think Woods is going to go for a Newcastle win out. Uh, no, shot. mate. I, I, Newcastle are in trouble. This, this, this smells like a kind of a place where Burnley are just going to turn up and bully them. Yeah, I think Burnley. As annoying as it may be. I would like for one of these days for you two not to agree with each other. That'd be nice. Um, then we've got West Ham taking on Southampton. This is huge. This is huge for West Ham. Uh, threw it away last night. Uh, had Liverpool Fabianski. on the ropes and then Fabianski lets the ball through his legs. Done a Taibi. A lot of goalkeepers seem to make mistakes when playing Liverpool. We, we, the thing is, poor old Roberto got lambasted by us and yet... Fabianski, the you know the the better goalkeeper, or you know one of the better goalkeepers in the Premier League, as an absolute mare. But uh, for for what it's worth, this game I am saying Southampton. Fabianski has credit in the bank. Yeah? He does. He does indeed. Ings will feast. Yeah, I, I also think Southampton. West Ham are garbage. <laughs> Sorry, James. Sorry. Um, Half past five. Watford hosting Liverpool. Is this it? No. No, it's not it. Liverpool they, winning this game. Watford's form has gone in the toilet. And good, because I hate Nigel Pearson so much. Do you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for a draw. Oh, go for it. Oh, it's a massive... Wait a minute, which game's on TV this weekend? I'm assuming Everton, Man United. They're not going to put Spurs, Wolves on, are they? Right? Uh, right? Especially, especially seeing as Jose's basically cancelled the season. Let me, uh, let, me, let me go on to the old TV gimmick. Uh, no, it's Everton United uh, is the game live on. So Sky Sports... So, so, so this is obviously the the Ballam Derby, the one for what? all the bragging rights. Ah, the Ballam Derby. We live in Ballam. Oh, the yes. Ballam. Oh, okay. God. Yes. Sorry, I think he said Ballon, and I was like, "Who the fuck's Ballon? Like Ballon d'Ors? It's like a Modric thing or something." Jimmy Ballon. <laughs> he looks furious, by the way. He just looked away there. Are you watching the football? Yes, I got the football. All right. Okay. <laughs> That's what he's angry about the football. Um, um, yeah, the Ballon. Yeah, and I'm not going to be able to watch it, mate. Unfortunately, I'm out for dinner at three, so yeah, I have to. Really? Watch. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm with John Dunn, Chelsea fan. He invited me out to. Yeah, and you say sorry, sorry, no, sorry no, mate, not until United after the football. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not happening, is it? What have you done? 
Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm a bit... You know, it's a bit weird, isn't it, Woods? What's it's a bit of a weird thing. I bear in mind, I learned this today. Bear in mind, before I went to Madrid... Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Before I went to no, Madrid, he's, he's telling me, oh, yeah, we've got the game, we're going to watch that together. Fuck off, mate, because where were you for the last one? Where was I? Or the one before that. But the one where we dicked on you 4-0 and you were, like, nowhere to be seen, mate. You're like, oh, just going out for a drink with my missus or something like that. So, no. Um... Oh, touch the nail, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, I've bitten it. A little bit ratty, are we? Oh. <laughs> what game are we on anyway? Everton, Man United. Is Come it? on. Okay. Um, oh. Don't want to give you the satisfaction. You're like Del Boy now. I'm worried, mate. I'm worried who, you know, Igalo's going to score, isn't he? First of all, probably assisted by Fernandez. Um, fuck it, I'll go Everton still. Good. I'm going to go United. Draw. Draw. <laughs> <laughs> I think Woods is closest, to be fair. Um... Also, two o'clock, Spurs, Wolves. 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 Can't wait for Toby Ardweil to have to deal with uh, Adama Traor. <laughs> if Giroud's smoking him, just wait. So am, I, am I correct in saying there's no Man City games, no? They're cup final. They're the League Cup, mate. Oh, of course. Anyone of want course. to take a... Speaking of... <laughs> I mean, we might as well get on to our winners and losers. But, uh, well, we're on winners and losers now. Thank you for your predictions, gents. Winners and losers time. Uh, we'll start with losers because I feel like we should save this particular winner till last. Yes. Um, Lee, give us a give us a loser. Uh, my my loser is Everton or Everton away against the top six to be precise. Um, I don't know if you saw uh, Gary Neville has been in a recent spat on Twitter with uh, an Everton legend in terms of Kevin Ratcliffe. Uh, basically, uh, Kevin Ratcliffe tried to call Gary Neville out, saying that he's uh, always negative when he's uh, you know commentating on the Everton games, um, and in particular in reference to the Arsenal game. Uh, essentially we are fucking shambolic away um, against the so-called big six and I'll, I'll read them out for you so this is how uh, the last time we've won a game away against the, the following team so we've got Man United six years two months not not great but you know six years uh, Man City's nine years uh, Spurs is, is I think is 11 years um, Liverpool as, as we know is 20 years because we beat them in 1999 and then Arsenal is 24 and Chelsea 25 that's fucking ridiculous um, the fact that Arsenal you know whilst obviously we can maybe refer to them in terms of like 90s going into the 2000s yes they were definitely comfortably top 6 and always in the top 4 last few years you know we should be picking up results or wins there and we haven't um, and yeah just I don't know it just highlights the mentality there's, there's something quite embedded at the club that the fact that we, we aren't winning these games or we haven't won a game you know for what it's worth I think West Ham uh, that someone put a comparative stat up and they are nowhere near as bad as us like literally theirs is like two, three, four years well, yeah I mean this is why you hire Ancelotti mate is it, was it 24 years I, I thought that Arsenal haven't beaten sorry Everton haven't beaten Arsenal since um 96. Oh, it's 96. Sorry, my math is all over the place, mate. Um, 96, because it was pre, pre-Wenger, pre I assume. Yeah, must have been, yeah. Which is incredible that Wenger came in, was there for ever and a day, left, they had another manager, he then got sacked, and another manager came in, and you still haven't beaten them. Yeah. That's mad. Yeah. Brian Oviedo was the one against United, if you remember rightly. Brian Oviedo. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, my loser is Jose Mourinho. Because everything he does makes himself look like a fool. He's creaking. Um, I, I, I love him to bits. I, I, can, I always, always stress this. But he's just proving everyone right. 
proving everyone right. He's getting his own legend, though, at the same time. He's point. got a lot of defenders at the moment, for what it's worth. I find that very interesting. He's got an awful lot of defenders about him that are going, well, you know, he's lost his two best players. What's he meant to do? And I kind of feel like he's the manager. Find an alternative. And stop making it so public. Stop whinging. Yeah. It's effectively so, giving his players an excuse for being, yeah. you know, not good. Let's put it that way. Give us a loser, Woods. Uh, well, um, I mean, Jose is an obvious choice. Um, I'm going to go... Eden Hazard would be another choice as well for what it's worth, which is a shame for him. But I'm going to go with VAR because um, this weekend it just seemed to just... It just unravelled. Um, we've already touched on the debacle at, at Stamford Bridge, uh, which was completely ridiculous. Um I don't know what your thoughts were on the handball penalty. I, I, penalty, yes, no, Bournemouth. Uh, which one? The one where basically they uh, was it? They had a goal disallowed. Where the goal disallowed? I thought it should have stood. I thought that I thought it was correct in terms of the one where you know they scored and then they got overturned and then they scored from that yeah. as a result of that incident. I thought that was a penalty, uh, but I didn't think the first one was yeah. where Bournemouth had scored. Yeah, so it's um, they had that incident, and then obviously in the the Saturday evening game, uh, you had the situation where De Bruyne in the wall cowardly puts his arms up, ball hits it in the penalty area, penalty not given. Fair enough, still don't agree with it. Basically, if you if you, if you're going to get in the wall, you have to be willing to get hit in the face. Right, That's why I never but, went but in the, the wall. But the, but the issue with that is, it's not even that. He's, 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 he's turned, pulled his face away. He's pulled yeah. his face away, and he's yeah. I, I I personally thought definite penalty. No idea why it's not been given. Then in the second half, Pratt basically runs in to try blocking. His arms basically out because he's trying to keep his balance. Hits his arm, penalty. Now I have no issue with that either. Just that the other one should have been bloody given. No, um, I, I agree. And it's just. It just seems again, there's no consistency with any of this. Um, they will. I'm sure, correct this in the summer. It's been nothing short of a shit show. I said, next week, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but next week, no VAR talk. Okay? <laughs> well, let's see what happens at the weekend. Unless something hilarious happens. But that's want, what's happening, I, I want to go through a week without having to discuss VAR. I know. Fucking I know. It's not going to happen, mate. My head in the whole point of VAR was it was meant to take away controversy, right? And all it's done is actually generate it, which completely suggests that it's not working right now. <laughs> um, and it, it, the Premier League have got a lot to answer for because um, it seems that they went in without really a dry run on this. They've dropped the referees right in it. They put people in a cupboard somewhere. They have no idea what they're doing. Um, it's just completely farcical at this point. Um, but VAR, VAR should be a safety net. Yes, and it, and the best safety nets are the ones that you don't realise are there because you hope you never have to use them. Do you know what I mean? And if they are there, they 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 they, they do the fucking job. Yeah, they save the fucking pole vaulter or the trapeze artist from dying, becoming a big heap of bones on the floor. Yeah. Sadly, Lee, there are bones flying around in every stadium in the country. Yeah, <laughs> horrible. Well, the Premier League ones, anyway. Um, Lee, give me a winner. Andre Gomez. Um, it was great to see the geezer back on the pitch playing football. Um, I didn't realise this. That, um, he basically, when when he actually broke his uh, or fractured his leg or ankle, whatever it was, um, on the pitch they reset it. The the physio took the decision, and apparently this doesn't happen often. He he he'd physically like reset it into position, which 
yeah, ultimately sh- horrendous. Shaved, shaved time off his uh, recovery and he also put in a hell of a lot of effort in his rehab as well. But uh, yeah, he came on and to be honest, he was actually probably the best player on the pitch when he came on as well and he made our team look hell of a lot better and it also means that hopefully one of Schneider and Delph or Sigerson might be playing because he will be playing, which is always a winner in my eyes. Good. I will go for that man again, Bruno Fernandes. <laughs> eh? Eh? Looks like we've got ourselves a winner of the week every week these days, yeah. eh? Bruv, was three appearances, two man of the matches, a goal. A like, penalty, mate, a penalty. Sharp, still going. A Jorginho penalty as well. I mean, if you, it, I, 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 the, this idea that penalties don't equal the same as goals, um, I kind of it feel you just have to look at Man City's problems this season from the penalty spot and understand that they're not gimmies. Aguero, Aguero, for as good as he is in front of goal, has got a garbage penalty conversion rate. Look at Messi. Yeah, not great. Even, even the fact, Cristiano. The fact of the matter is, if you get a penalty in the 90th minute of the World Cup final, more, that's, there's more pressure involved in that than just getting a normal chance in the game. Who you opinion. haven't taken you know what it? Mean? What, out of every player in the world? Yeah. Playing now. Playing now. Oof. It would be someone... Um, I would say Tony Kroos. Okay. For one reason. He gave an interview to The Athletic uh, over the weekend where he said, or it might have been yesterday or today, where he said that he has been blessed with one thing in his career and that is that he literally has never, he doesn't have nerves. He doesn't know, he doesn't know what they are. He doesn't get nervous before games. And that's a man that I want on the penalty spot. And he's German, which also helps. <laughs> Who do you have? Uh, Eden Hazard. He's got ice in his veins, mate. He's the same reason. Just I Kane's close for me because I feel that also Kane has an innate ability to completely shut out the moment um, and just bang it. Top well, that, that, that's also the thing of Kane. He does just fuck it in. And, you it, know what I mean? and the, the thing is, is that keepers aren't saving it. They're just no. not getting getting close to it. So the, the argument, I kind of feel like it's all the same thing, isn't it? Who's the, basically the most composed footballer that can hit a ball with technique? That's who yeah. I want. How about you, Lee? Oh, we said it, Harry Kane. Every time we watch him take a penalty, it's always in the corner. It's yeah. always, always in the side netting. And it's always hard. Mm. Um, go on, Woods. Um, mine's a bit Give us a different winner. because I'm, I'm stealing a story that Lee told me about today, which is about an Aston Villa fan who found a unique way of getting himself a ticket to the League Cup final next weekend. Um, going back to last week, Mike took some pretty heavy shots at Man City for being a small football club and this week has just gone to further back his case that they are a small football club because they've been unable to sell out their allocation for a League Cup final. A Cup final at Wembley, they've not been able to sell it out. They are the only club in the league that wouldn't sell this out by the way. Um, so as a result, they've been on um, Twitter trying to basically sell tickets to, to anyone that's actually been to the grounds now. Uh, whereas Aston Villa sold out their allocation, I'm, I'm assuming in literally no time at all, because Villa don't go to Wembley often, um, although they were there literally in May. <laughs> uh, so this guy hasn't been able to get hold of a ticket, but... He's smart enough to recognise the opportunity that Manchester City have opened for him, which is all you need to do to be able to get a ticket now at Manchester City is actually haven't been to the Etihad. So this genius decides to basically uh, get tickets to the West Ham game. Is that right? That's correct. Well, I think there was about eight or nine people in attendance. Um, (laughs) So he's able to get tickets quite easily for the game. 
turns up. Now, I don't know if this full story, has he been able to get his ticket or not? I'm going to just basically for the purposes of this say, yes, he has. And he is going to Wembley next weekend because of this genius move and the fact that Man City are a tiny, tiny football club. Basically, club can't sell out final, offers tickets to fans that have, have been to their stadium before. Aston Villa fan says, I'll get a ticket to that then, so I get a guaranteed ticket. Bob's your uncle. Didn't he tweet a photo of himself at the West Ham City game with empty seats all around him as well? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's a great story. As well. yeah. It's a great story. Um, yeah, I, 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 I very much enjoyed it when you were telling us about it earlier, Lily. So that, that, that guy, that man, that man. You're a winner. winner. What's the score? Uh, still no nil. No nil. Yes. K- K- uh, Kingsley Kaimanaz had a decent opportunity. Fired wide. Just trying fired to fired wide. Fired. That should have been a name for the show, shouldn't it? <laughs> Welcome oh. to Fired Wide. I feel like that would have been a really clever name as well. Yeah. Fired wide. The Fired Wide podcast. Yeah. Say that quickly. <laughs> Difficult. On that note, we're out of here. Thank you for listening again to us. We appreciate all of your support, especially Lee as he gets over his cold and turns 34 this week. Um, mm, thank you, know, you. Feel for me, you know, watching the game on my own. Um, but yeah, you can find us everywhere. Twitter, iTunes, Spotify, etc., etc. Thank you for listening. And good night. Adios. Arrivederci. Podcast Network.